you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. This week, we meet Fashav, start the embassy, and defend ourselves against Regala. Welcome to episode 38 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. I'd like to welcome any new listeners and any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. And we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game. So please join us on our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. So uh, let's do a quick recap of what we talked about last time. Well, we finished off the bristlebacks. We got Chainscrape reopened. We made it to Baron Light. And we caught up with Aaron a little bit. A bit of a better conversation than the previous one. And uh, yeah, then we were ready to head out to the embassy. But no go because all three other clans weren't there. So that's kind of where we left off last time. Where we were in a standoff with Commander Nozar. And uh, yeah, in this episode, we're clearly going to go and do the embassy anyway. So before we get started, let's just uh, listen to our scenario. Commander Nozar is adamant about not opening the gates of Baron Light until the Tanakh have signaled that they are ready. But Aloy is tired of waiting. On her way down to the gate, she can see Varl arriving at Baron Light. She tries to get the guards to open the gates below, but they refuse. Eventually, Nazar has had enough and tells the guards to arrest Aloy, to which she replies she would like to see them try. Aaron speaks up for Aloy, asking Nozar what he thinks Avad will do when he finds out that he blocked the savior of Meridian from going through the gate. Nozar reluctantly backs down, and Aloy and Varl head through the gate. As they approach the embassy location, the Tanakh are both surprised and unhappy to see anyone has come through the gate. A Tanakh marshal yells at Aloy that if she crosses the boundary between east and west, she will be killed. Aloy tries to explain that she is not Karja, but the Tanakh marshals do not care. The Karja open the gate for her, and they consider it a violation of the agreement. Another Tanakh marshal appears and confirms that Aloy is indeed not a Karja, she is Nora. That marshal's name is Fashab, the Karja soldier that is supposed to be traded during the embassy. Aloy and Fashab speak privately. Fashab explains how he came to be a Tanakh marshal, and Aloy explains why she needs to head west. Fashab believes her and gives her a blade that will prove that she is allowed to travel the Tanakh clans. As they talk, representatives from the third Tanakh clan, the Sky Clan, appear. With the Sky Clan present, the embassy can begin. The Karja soon join the embassy, but shortly after it starts, it is interrupted by another Tanakh named Regala. Regala is against the Tanakh, making peace with the Karja, and considers it a betrayal by the leader of the Tanakh, Makaro, as well as the marshals. From their elevated position, Regala and her rebels attack the embassy, killing many Tanakh marshals quickly while also blocking reinforcements. 
Some of Regala's forces isolate the Karja as they attempt to flee back to Baron Light. The Karja put up some resistance, but are quickly killed by Regala's men, including Kashab. Aloy and Varl make a stand with the remaining marshals, but soon those marshals are either killed or taken out of the fight, leaving just Aloy and Varl. They are able to hold their own against the remaining forces, but soon Regala's champion joins the fight and takes Aloy and Varl head on. Varl is injured by the champion, leaving Aloy to take him on one on one. Even though he has an energy shield, Aloy is able to defeat the champion on her own. She then challenges Regala, who declines the challenge stating that Aloy's victory was honorable and that she earned her life that day. Regala claims victory over the Tanakhs marshals and the Karja and rides off with her forces, saying the war against Hakaro has begun. Aloy helps an injured Varl back to Baron Light and then prepares to head west. Alright, so, uh, you know, Aloy tells Nozar she has waited long enough and she heads down to the gate. And Nozar, he starts to lecture her about protocol, but, you know, she just walks away because Aloy doesn't really listen to anybody. And, you know, as she's heading down the ramp, she sees Varl riding up on a strider, and she, like, seems disappointed that he's there. Uh, like, I knew that was this was going to happen. I knew he was going to catch up at, at some point because she's going to have to go and search and do all these things. And he caught up with her somehow before when he didn't Without even have a mount. Exactly, yeah. So there's no way he's not going to catch up to her. Right, yeah. She's like, oh, Varl, like he's an annoyance. You know what I'm saying? He's right. trying to help you. And he, it's not like he's trying to help and he's in no position to. You can use his skills. Yes. You know, he, he has, I would say, like the same, if not at least similar training to Aloy and how to handle the wild. He can fight machines. She fights a ton of machines. You know, he can help. And she's like, oh, Varl, <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, she goes and she, she tries to get the guards open the gate. They won't because they're soldiers. And Zara is like yelling, you know, then he says to arrest her. And while that's going on, Varl, he talks to Aaron and he's like, hey, can you help her out? So Aaron, you know, he asks Nazar what he thinks going to happen when Avad hears about this. And he's right, because obviously Avad's trying to get into Aloy's pants. Right. So. Anything Aloy wants, she gets. Exactly. So <laughs> Nazar backs off and then Aaron tells the guards to open the gate and, you know, Varl joins Aloy and they head to the gate and, you know, he, he asks, oh, you forget something back in Meridian. And the face she makes when he she hears his voice behind her, it sounds like she like it's it's like a face like you're annoyed, like, you know, you you hearing your little brother like call your name or something like that. Like, it's just like, oh, no, like, you know. Right. That well, that's because she's she's the chosen one. Don't tell her that. But that's because she's the chosen one, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like she I mean, she needs, you know, all the help she can get. And, you know, she was never this annoyed with anybody in Zero Dawn. I know. You know that's what it felt like. I don't know if like maybe they're trying to put the point across where she's been working for six months alone trying to figure this out so it's like i've been working this long alone like it's not that hard but here's the thing you made no progress in six months so maybe the help is you know needed exactly i mean it's silence definitely made sure to mention that it's like you know while you've been you know, doing, you know, whatever you've been doing, I've been making progress. Right. It's true. He, he has been making progress, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I mean, the only lead she even has is because of him, you know? 
is because of Varl. Because Varl was the one that said, let's go back to Meridian, even though you don't want to. And if Varl never said that or took her back to Meridian, we wouldn't be here. That is true. Yeah, because Marad, because he might have never found her to give her the message. Yep. And then, you know, then she wouldn't have she wouldn't be there. So once again, you know, luck tips in her favor. So, (laughs) yeah, but, you know, they go through the gate. And Aloy and Varl, they head towards the Tanakh, and you can actually hear the Tanakh talk about someone named Katalo and whether or not he could rally his clan. And as she approaches the Tanakh marshals, things start to get tense. That is the line between East and West. Cross it and die. Hold on now. Let's take it easy. None may walk this valley until our signal sounds. That was our accord with the Karja. I'm not Karja. I came here on my own to ask for rite of passage. But they opened the gate for you, did they not? What is the meaning of this violation? Why send a child? Do they want to parley or not? The Karja can't be trusted. This is no. Forget the Karja. This has nothing to do with them. I need to go west to save lives. Maybe even yours. The only lives you can save are your own. By turning back. Now, hold! She's telling the truth about one thing. She's not Karja. She's a Nora from the Savage East. And if she seeks to save lives, should we not listen? Let me speak to her. One last favor for a fellow marshal before he's taken away. So there's this line that marks the pass between East and West, and the Tanakh are, like, super serious about not letting anybody pass it, because as they approach... The Tanakh are living up to their reputation. They're like, right. yeah, what are you doing out here? You know? So the, the Tanakh, they view Aloy coming out as a violation of the agreement that they had with the Karja. Because I'm assuming, I, I guess the agreement that the Karja wouldn't come out at all until they had sounded the horns, until the Tanakh were ready. They said nobody was allowed out the gate. That's why they wouldn't let Aloy out. Nobody was allowed out the gate until the embassy was over. Right, yeah. I mean, this is what Nozar was trying to avoid. Right. You know, I know, I, I think we, we talked about it last time. I know they're trying to paint him as like an obstacle to Aloy, but there's no real he's like, not wrong. problem here. He's yeah. not wrong. Like, he's like, yo, this is a tense situation. We got to follow the protocol. The protocol is there for a reason. I mean, if Aloy goes out there, gets killed by the Tanakh, then what is the Sun King going to say about that? Aloy gets killed by the Tanakh. The Tanakh, they're not going to want to talk anymore because. Uh, as we're probably gonna, as we're gonna find out a little bit, it's hard enough for them to get their own people there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, like it's it, it makes a lot of sense. But you know, Aloy tries to explain that she is Karja, but they are not hearing it. Like all they know is that the Karja let them through the gates. That's all they know. And she's like, "Well, I'm trying to save lives, and maybe I'll even save yours." And yeah, that's not the thing to say to them. Like that's like she, the way she's speaking to them. Is so belittling, like you know, right? Like, well, I even wrote that here because they're upset because they're like, why? Like they're mad because like not only did they just let someone through the gate, it's also a child. Like she's like nineteen twenty. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, and she needs to go west to save lives, including theirs. And I was like, okay, but why would they believe her? Like what? Like she could just be saying that they don't know who she is. Exactly. I mean, the way they they. And I kind of want to go back to a degree and just kind of look at maybe some of the the dialogue, even though I just played through the game, obviously, but play some <laughs> of the dialogue they had in Zero Dawn. But the like the dialogue that they have here, 
like she takes she does not take into account the fact that nobody else knows what's going on. Right. You know, that they're just supposed to take her for her word. Right. You know, that like, like oh, I need to go west because I need to save the world. Is that right, 19-year-old? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to save the world and you're the only person that could do it? Mm? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, right. Like, I've fought through, you know, how many battles, how many wars. Talk to me about lives. <laughs> you know? Right. It, even if, listen, if a 19-year-old walked up to me, say I'm like, working somewhere and they're like i need to get in the back room right now I, it was like your life depends <laughs> on it i'd be like no go like, away get out of my face kid <laughs> yeah, exactly get out of my face kid you know that's the thing like and that is it, it is a little frustrating like as the player yes we know we know that it is a matter of life and death we know that it is you know what she is saying is correct but She's not trying to like relay that at all. And if somebody asks about it, like, oh, I can't explain it. Like, you know, but like you you can, like she can, like in just simpler terms, because she has the frustrating thing, I think, is like her entire life. She's had a fight for everything. And I feel like you can like everything to do whatever she needs to do, like just to, you know, talk to people. She had to fight to be able to have the ability to just be a normal person, quote unquote. Right. And so just to see her in this situation where she acts like almost privileged, where she just everything's her way, no matter what, what she says goes. It's just like a total weird, like totally weird change from what her whole life has been up to now. Right. Exactly. Like it'll it'll feel a little different if she didn't want to communicate with people because, you know, the only person she really communicated with was Rost. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the time she was very small to the time she was 19, her laser focus was figuring out who her mother was. Right. You know, that's something that just got resolved. If she didn't want to deal with people because of that, that's one thing. That's one thing I do hear uh, on the on the on the internets is that, well, <laughs> you know, she she's not used to communicating with other people, but she's not acting like it. She's not acting like this. She's what she's acting like. is like what I, I said this and you need to listen to what I have to say. And and that's not even a, an argument because she was very charismatic in the first game. And how many True, yes. doing all of the side quests, how many people came to help her for the final battle just because it was Aloy? Yes, exactly. So like she in a, in a short period of time, she seemed to get get over it. But now she's like, yeah, it, it, she's just not relaying the information properly. It could like be she, too that if she was alone for six months, maybe she's having problems bringing that part of herself out again. So that could kind of make sense. It just seems that's kind of random. Yeah, yeah exactly. I would say that that would be a stretch. But she still has to be able to recognize the the like the the problems happening right now. Like, she knows what the Karja did with the Red Raids. She understands that the Karja's raided these lands. So just to get these people to talk back to them, she knew it was a big deal just for the Nora, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just for the Nora to to start talking with the Karja again. And now she's like, you know, there's this political situation going on. And she's just trying to, like, none of this matters. I have to go do this thing. I have to go west right now. Right. As opposed to, like, all she had to do is wait for this embassy to like, you know, kind of, kind of start or find another way around it versus busting through the front gate and possibly causing a fight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like possibly causing a problem. So 
Because I think even the, I think somebody said it on the, I can't remember who said it though, that if the Tanakh were to attack Baron White in its current state, they'd take it because it's oh, not yeah. fully fortified. Yeah. You know, they could just take it if, if they wanted to and people would, would end up dying. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, as she, so they tell her that, well, they don't tell her verbatim, but they basically tell her that they, she should worry about her own life and turn back, <laughs> essentially. Um, and another marshal appears. It says that maybe they should listen. And it's actually Fashav, the person that they're there to, that the embassy is supposed to trade for, that everybody seems to think is like was captured. Well, he was captured, and we'll get into that. But it was captured by the Tanakh. But like, it's not what you would expect, right? You expect this guy to come and change. You think he's been a prisoner for, I think it was five years or however many years it was that he was, um, that he was captured for. Yeah. But he's not. He's actually a Tanakh marshal. He's one of them to a degree. Uh, and he confirms that Aloy is not Karja, but Anora. And then he says, she's from the Savage East. I'm like, bro, please. Like, <laughs> but you too? The thing, I was like, dude, everyone. But like, I don't think the Tanakh, oh my gosh, Tanakh. I played this game for like 80 hours and I've been saying it just fine. And now my brain shut off. <laughs> anyway i don't think they know who the nora are just because they're so secluded and if they do it's not like that much but you know fashav is from meridian so of course he he, he could just like she's from well he of course he knew but he could have just been like oh yeah she's from the east oh but, she's from the savage east <laughs> <laughs> well you have to think of like how the east like they don't Everything is the East. All of Zero Dawn is the East to them, right? So the Savage East is a descriptor. And that's that's Far East is also a descriptor. That's true. But that's how they all refer to uh that's how all Karja refer to the Nora, so still. Like it, 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 it didn't have to go down like that. Not all Karja, because Lawan called her Aloy of the Nora, not hey Savage, how you doing? That's true. Aloy of the Savage East. Like he didn't do that. Like he's like, oh, it's Aloy of the Nora. So uh, and so uh, Fashav, he calls for a favor from one of the other marshals and asks, and basically uh, just asks if he could speak to Aloy privately. So he does go to speak to, a- to Aloy. And he already knew who she was by her description. He calls her the savior of Meridian. And she's like, oh, it's just Aloy. Well, why don't you act like just Aloy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> savior. Because like one moment you're acting like the savior. One moment you're acting like the anointed. The next moment you're acting like, oh, no, it's just Aloy. Right. It's you know. it's whatever conveniences her in the moment. Oh yeah. It it reminds me of Alvin. Like, oh no, I'm just a servant for the people. Like <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so but he actually introduces himself as unyielding Fashav, which I believe is his Karja name. I don't think the I don't think the Tanakh had those names like that. Uh, you know. I, I don't think so. Do the Karja have names like that? I don't remember long Maybe because he's royal royalty cousin, royal blood. Is that what? <laughs> yeah, like they do have like titles for themselves. Like, I mean, Helis was chosen of the sun, right? Know, so. Right. So, but um, you know, Aloy mentions. Oh, so he. I'm um, sorry. He uh, once he was once a Karja high command, and he said he's the last of the army of the setting sun. And Aloy mentions Avad's message, and that gets Fashav's attention because now he knows that she has favor with the Sun King. Like, you know, she's in association with him. And he actually warns her. He says, you know, that might work against you out here, so I'd be careful. Uh, But, 
you know, Aloy tells him that she's not there to cause trouble and she just wants to go west. And, you know, he says, oh, I might be able to help you with that, but I need to know why. And I want to get some assurances that I won't regret. So you do get some options to speak about. You can ask him about his tattoos. And, you know, she's like, because like, I've never seen markings like that on a Karja. And he's like, well, the Tanakh use ink to mark their deeds and accomplishments. And he says, you know, half his body's, oh, half of the tattoos on his body mark his martial deeds. And he wants the other half to show his, uh, his peace work. His, his uh, I forget the term he uses, but like, you know, he says, you know, he's working toward peace. I'm confused about, because like, is it all tattoos? Because it definitely looks like paint. Right. Right. And I saw a kid in the game with the face, quote unquote, paint. So do they just tattoo their face when they're young? I think the the, the face has just, pa- just is just painted. I think the face is just painted. Yeah. Okay. I think that the tattoos are on the body. Okay. Okay. I was really confused about that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go to some of the Tanakh towns, you'll see where they do the tattoos. And actually, yeah. it's usually right by the face the paint face guy. Paint. So maybe yeah. that's why. But, like, they'll have somebody, like, laying face down on, a like, something like a table. And you'll see him, like, knocking the hammer into the needle. I'm pretty sure that's not how it's working. Like, that's there's, it's, there's an actual term for it. It looks really, <laughs> really painful. But, um, yeah, but that's what it kind of looks like. Okay, that makes more sense. Man, that's a lot. I do my makeup a lot. And that that even that sounds like it's a lot. <laughs> Just to do your whole face the same way every the- day. Just wake up like oh, gotta do my face paint. Well, they might just go to sleep with it, yeah, like and just touch it up every now and then. The Karja probably will do their face paint every day. Well, their makeup because that's what it is. The Karja definitely do makeup, right? Yeah. I, you know what? I don't know the the substance of their paint. I was gonna say no, it wouldn't last that long. But like, who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe it's like really good, efficient stuff. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, I mean, when you look at some of the paints, like, it looks like it's kind of hard. Like, it's kind of like it's been <laughs> on there for a while. It's not like the Karja where you can definitely tell it's just makeup. Yeah. You know, you get you actually get a really good look at Karja, uh, you know, makeup, essentially, because of the, the face person, the face paint person. Cause, so, it's funny because you, you go through all the tribes that are available. Like, you have the Asaram who have markings for the face. You have the Nora who have markings for the face. You have, you have the Banuk who have more of a face paint. And then you also have the Tanak that have more of a face paint. And the Karja is all, like, eyeliner and eyeshadow and it's pencil drawings and stuff like that. so <laughs> bad looking. <I'm> like, <laughs> maybe it's just, like, Aloy looks I don't know. I don't want to say better without makeup. It's because it doesn't look like a it doesn't fit modern it doesn't makeup. Fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't look like modern makeup. So also it doesn't look like it's something quote unquote in style. So it just like looks ridiculous. I think it does. It just doesn't fit because it doesn't look like something you go into battle with. <laughs> like all of the all of the Karja face paints that I saw are face paints that I that I saw on like nobles people walking around on the street, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Like nobody, like, I don't even think I saw Nils like Karja makeup thing that he had on. I don't even think I saw his in there, but it all looks like uh, something that pe- yeah. regular people wear versus, you know, like one of the Nora ones is the death seeker, which is Rost's face paint, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's, that's the way it kind of looks. It just doesn't fit. I, I was put, I was like going through it. I was like, Oh no, none of this, none of this will do at all. 
Yeah, <laughs> I I put her the seeker paint on and then left it. I think that's the best looking one. I just left it for the rest of the game. Uh, I put I used Death Seeker so I could uh you know on a rust. Mm, they're both good. I was thinking about Death Seeker, but I really I like the lighter blue. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, so you can ask uh, uh, Fashav, I was going to say Avad, but Fashav, uh, if he's glad about going back to Meridian. And I mean, his answer, I mean, he doesn't really answer that question. He basically just says he hopes to act as a bridge between the cards and to knock through a staple, establish a lasting peace. Because he's kind of in a unique position for understanding both tribes. And Aloy says the Tanakh don't seem peaceful. And he says by, by like, you know, as a rule, they aren't. But, you know, times are tough. And Hikaru, he knows that survival means change, even if it means putting aside centuries of war. So you can ask how he came to be with the Tanakh. And you know this is going to be a long story because they ask you if you want to hear it now. Now, in the previous game, you didn't get this until the end. You get this mm-hmm. twice in Zero Dawn when they tell you about Rost and when they tell you when, and when uh, Silence tells you about um, his story with how he came to be with Hades and the Eclipse and stuff like that, right? Uh, so, you know, you can say I'll listen to it or you can say not now. In my opinion, out of those, out of the three scenarios where they do this, that I've seen it, this is the one that you, I, I almost feel like you really need to do it. You, you have to. It shouldn't have been an option. It shouldn't it have. It should have just, it shouldn't have been an option. Because usually, and actually it's funny because the, the no option is not right now. Which makes you think that you can listen to it later. You cannot, and we'll get into that shortly. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Uh, oh, you know, we can talk about it when we get to the option. Never mind. We'll we'll just move forward. Yeah, but um, yeah. So you know, he says he came west with J- uh, Jaron's raiders or Jaron's raiders, uh, and he says he was hoping to moderate their worst impulses. And I think it's something uh, that um, Avad kind of said too. You know, and once again, it's like, obviously he failed. You know, what could he possibly do? Like one guy, like, you know, but sitting there like it's Jiminy Cricket, like they're conscious while, while they're trying to like kill and rape and, you know, all types and stuff like, you know, like, no, like, like he's, they're not going to listen to you, dude. Like <laughs> what made you think like, oh, I can, I can kind of pull him back. Like, no, you are going to raid their, that's what the purpose of you, of you guys going there. Right. To raid and get sacrifice and slaves. That's what you were going to do. And my question is, like, how involved was he before as well? Like, was this, like, the start of the raids or was this, like, mid to end of the raids? Like, did he know full details on what's been going on? Like, I, I have a lot of questions about that specific scenario. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, well, I think they had to know because. I'm pretty sure at first they were using people, they were using other Karja at first, and then they started pushing out into the other tribes. Based on what I've seen, I mean, the Nora, the Karja, sorry, the Nora, the Asaram are probably the closest two tribes, and then the Banuka is like probably close to that, you know, after that, because. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the, the Banuka will be third, because I think to get to Ban Ur, you either have to go through the claim which they weren't able to make it through the claim or you have to go um, north of the, in the sacred land through the cut, you know? So, but like, remember they gave up the cut because they of the did raids. give up the cut. Yes. Yeah, so they did because there of the were raids, people yeah. in the cut at that time. 
But that also means they had to, they didn't get to the Banuk until after they pushed the Nora out of Valley Meat. Right. You know? So, yeah, like the, the, the Banuk probably the, the, a bit harder to get to. So, I would say it's the, 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 the Asaram and the Nora were probably the first. And then, yeah, the Tanakh, they had to push all the way over there. Cause as we already talked about, like Tanakh land is not right there. It's past that, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, they, I, I'm he assuming had he to had to know known. already. Yeah. He had to know already. So he says the actions of the raiders drove the Tanakh into action, and he was captured at Cenobar Sands as he tries to help a few stragglers escape. So, uh, and he, he says he didn't make it easy for the Tanakh, and so they kind of beat him really bad while they were traveling back to Tanakh lands. And he says he was white as a corpse when, he, when they put him before you know, their chief, whose name is Akaro. And as a desperate measure, he tried to, we didn't try, but he demanded the right of Kulrut uh, from Hakaro. And he heard about it while he was listening to Tanakh talk while they were traveling. And all he knew was it was some type of trial by combat. So he thought that if he won this thing, this, this Kulrut, that he would be able to request a boon or something like that. Like say, hey, like I won, so please let me go or I'd like to live or kind know, of, something like that. Yeah, kind of like how the proving was to Aloy. This was his quote-unquote proving. Right. So uh, when he did that, the other Tanakh, they weren't really happy about it. But Hakaro, he says, stared him down, stared down the Tanakh and quieted them down. And then he allowed it. And Fashavs thinks that Hakaro was impressed by his ingenuity. So he thought that he'd be fighting a person, but he found out the core route was combatants fighting machines in an arena. And he says, you know, it's not easy to stare down a charging machine while hundreds scream for blood. And Aloy is like, well, I know about that, too, which is true. You did it once, you know. So. Yeah, well, he did it <laughs> once as well. I just I thought that line was funny, too. She's like, I know more about that than you might think. Well, no, that's true. Also, when she started it, she did not have any weapons. I'm pretty sure he did. Like, he at least had weapons available to him. Yeah, because he went in there to prove himself. And if he dies, he dies. She went in there because someone was trying to kill her and make a show out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, she was put in there for sacrifice. Yeah. And then she was able to get her stuff out. So, um, but uh, yeah, he says after completed the culvert, he was hoping he'd be able to, like, get freedom. But he found out the only prize offered was service to the chief. And the win- he found out the winners of the culvert, they have to serve the chief as marshals. And, you know, she asked, well, what's a marshal? And he says the word itself refers to some kind of protective spirit from the ancient past. I'm pretty sure he's just talking about like a law, law marshal, like a U.S. marshal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they also deliver like papers for court and stuff like that. They serve people, you know, things like that. Uh, protect you on airplanes. Things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, like, you know, that's what I'm pretty sure. That's the word that I'm pretty sure they they got it from. Because, you know, we say ancient past. We think of, like, way back. And, no, their ancient past is our present. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's us. Our future. Uh, Yeah, so. He explains that the marshals uh, are Hikaro's roving lawgivers. Now, he says they're part magistrate, part judge, and part executioner. But I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know whoever wrote that line. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think they really looked into what a magistrate is. I'm pretty sure magistrate and magistrates and judges are pretty similar. Like, magistrates, like, I think the judges, but they have, like, less power than a normal judge. That's what I thought, and I forgot to look it up. I think they wanted to sound like RoboCop without being RoboCop or something. 
You mean Judge Dredd? Oh, yeah, that one. There we go. Judge Dredd. Sorry. <laughs> I get everything mixed up. I'm sorry. I was close. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, like magistrates, because it's say a magistrate and a judge, it's like, that's, it's not, it's almost the same thing, you know? I think what he meant is, like you said, like Judge Dredd, like Judge Jury Executioner. Yeah. That's what they're trying to aim for. But they were like, so. we can't rip that line. Let's uh, Let's alter it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> let's make it make less sense. So. <laughs> uh, so you say, even though he won, many Tanakh didn't really appreciate him being a marshal. They would spit on the ground when he walked by. And so what he started doing was he would take their faces and start pushing it into the like where they spat. And he said, you know, the Tanakh's native tongue is violence and you have to you have to master it to survive. You know, so this is also speak it more than they should. But, you know some Karja, but like the difference between Tanath and Karja is that the Karja has some people that are kind of fierce and the rest of them are just like living in this lavish life, whereas the Tanath, all of them, I don't know why I can't say that K in the word tonight. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, They're all warriors. So. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's very different. So it's, it's just like, it's just a way of life for them. Yeah. And so, you know, Ayla asks if he's still Karja, and he says that, you know, he, he is, you know, part of him always is. Uh, but he says there's also a lot to admire about the Tanakh, especially Hikaro. You know, he mentions, you know, that before Hikaro's reign, the Tanakh clans were always at war, killing each other. And, you know, the Hikaro and the marshals have been able to craft a delicate peace between the tribes. And Aloy brings up that the Karja talk about Hikaro like he's a monster. But Fashav says, Fashav says that that's just because he was able to clear them from the West. You know, he said he was, he was afraid of Hikaru at first when he first met him, but he says he's no bloodthirsty tyrant like the Mad Sun King. He says Hikaru only wants what's best for his people. And he says that Aloy is the first Westerner to actually, uh, sorry, first Easterner to hear that story, but not the last. You know, he believes the cards need to hear it. And yeah, I mean, clearly, because they need to know that he needs to let them know. That they aren't all blood drinking, child stealing warriors, right? Essentially, right. <laughs> because that's all we knew about them in the last game. Just like, uh, <laughs> just like how Aloy has to tell people that the Nora aren't savages. Yeah, they don't, they don't eat like eat tree bark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't eat tree bark and stuff like that. So you know, after giving Fashab the third degree, Aloy finally tells him why she needs to head west. You asked why I need rite of passage. I'll tell you, but you won't like my answer. Six months ago, the world almost ended in Meridian. That threat still exists. It's getting worse every day, much worse. Calling down storms, poisoning the water, enraging the machines. The source of it all has gone west, and I'm the only one who can stop it. I've seen the signs. And I've heard tales of incredible occurrences in Meridian, an army of demons vanquished by a red-haired champion. So I'm inclined to believe you. The burden of your task is written across your face clearer than any mark of mine. I'll grant you this, to serve as proof of your right to travel into Tanakh lands. A task so important, and it's just the two of you. Take it from one who aspires to be a diplomat. Allies are essential. Chief Hikaru knows the West better than anyone. He may be able to help you. He can be intimidating to others, but don't let that deceive you. 
He is a man of his word. Maybe. If I need him. Your choice. So, you know, Aloy gives him the whole deal. Threat exists that one in the world. Only I can stop it. Need to go west. And he acknowledges that he's seen the signs and he believes her. And at this point, at least he gives a reason for believing her. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, okay, I kind of see what you, you're, you're talking about. Because uh, normally she just sounds crazy, you know? Uh, so, but yeah, he at least gives a reason. And he gives her a blade that will serve as proof of her right to travel through Tanakh lands. And he stops for a second because he notices it's just her and Varl. And he, like, rightfully says something about it. He says, the task's so important, yet there's only two of you. And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've been saying this the whole time. She, yeah, exactly. If she had it her way, there'd only be one of us. That is true. If it, if it was just, you know, like, yeah, she has that very, it's, it's, all, it's all on me. I can only, I'm the only person that can do this. You know, so. Uh, but he gives some advice. He says that allies are essential and suggests that she should go see Hikaru and get his help. And she, like, rolls her eyes and is like, maybe if I need it, <laughs> you know. Once again, just automatically, like, we're talking about a chief, a chief of a tribe here. Right. <laughs> you know, we're talking about somebody with, like, real power. Like, you know, for example, like, if a VOD did not allow her to come to this embassy, could she cut through all the Karja at Baron Light to get through? No. <laughs> you know, she would have uh, been stopped she... at that gate. Exactly. So, yeah, like, you know, like, then she would have absolutely no pull because then Voadis doesn't have to listen to her at all. <laughs> you know, she doesn't have anything to tell Aaron, like, nothing like that. So, it's like, yeah, she can, she can, like, you know, use this power of this chieftain to help her. I, uh, you know, th- there is a, there is something that can help her out there. But um, they're talking and then the, the Sky Clan finally shows up. Now we know the clan that was late because I don't think they said their name before. So, it's the Sky Clan. And another marshal shows up and says he brought the Sky Clan with him, and the Sky Clan commander isn't present. The marshal says he can only convince a few of them to come, and says the commander doesn't even know that they left. You know, so uh, yeah, he said for Shav, she, he explains a little bit later that some of the Tanakh can't stomach the idea of a parley with the Karja, uh, but the marshals agree to sound the horn, even if it's only a few of the, um, you know, Sky Clan there. There are representatives, so. But hey, hey, look, she tries to head off and Fashav's like, oh, wait a minute. You know, the other Tanath aren't going to allow you through. She has to wait for the embassy to end. And, you know, now the horn is sounded, the, the Karja joined the embassy. If she waited 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so mad because I was just like, you literally had to wait 15 minutes. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he showed up because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that whole dialogue took about 15 minutes. It, it was really long. It, it was been long. longer. It it was long, yeah. So, but, yeah, yeah. So, um, you can see Vuadi's face; like he's like clearly uncomfortable. He's probably hoping the thing never happened, and Nazara has to pull him by the arm to come out. He was so just seeing him. I was like, okay, I love that. I, I love how yeah. uncomfortable he is because that dude is not nice, and he's super mean. And it's nice to see him kind of like. Oh man, I can't think of a squirm a little PG bit PG word, but yeah, squirm. Yeah, just like you know, squirm a little bit. Yeah, there we I, go. I get yeah, you. yeah, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Nazar, he just wants this thing to be over, man. He's just like, yo, just get out of here. Let's do it. 
and now I want to go home. <laughs> you know, I've had a long day. I got this Nora causing trouble for me. You know, so. But uh, then they, when they start the embassy, they're actually interrupted by the first real new bad guy of the game, Regala. As the sun rises over a land at war, so too can it set over a land at peace. Today is such... Marshals, you who claim to be Tanakh. Regala, Chief Akaro's biggest mistake, a rival whom he should have killed. You have forgotten that our people were born in blood, the blood of the Karja. Instead, you pledge your spears to a chief who conspires with the enemy. Hikaro has betrayed us. The embassy is proof, and all of you marshals are his accomplices. For this, I condemn you to death. You'll need more than toothless threats to intimidate us, exile. Lancers, form up! They're riding machines. Where'd they learn to do that? Silence. So, like, what were your, your first thoughts? on regala um i was like wow she's cool and did she did she show up on a machine at that point she wasn't immediately on a machine the machine came a little bit like okay. after she started talking was it but that was when the claw strider came up right i, I didn't write like yeah, the details of that, that was the first time we saw a claw strider yeah yeah sorry i didn't say the name before but I I thought she was actually really cool, and I was like, "Wow, I really can't wait to see more of this this uh, enemy." She just speaks <laughs> yeah. with like I, I don't know. I thought she was really cool. I didn't realize who her voice was uh, <laughs> at all. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I loved the machine just coming up behind her and just like, "Oh no, there's like other." Like people that can override machines and they're bad guys. We already knew this, but the fact that it was like a brand new machine that we've never seen, like she just she had this cool vibe about her. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I, I looked at her face and I could I thought her face looked familiar, but I couldn't place it, and I did not place it until the end of the game that it's Angela Bassett. That's like her face. You mm-hmm. know, obviously not her current age face, but that is her face. And that's not her hair. She'd never wear her hair like that. Um, <laughs> but I recognized her by her voice, by something she like she was talking toward the end of the game. And that's when I recognized who the person was because they, she wasn't yelling at the time. And this point of the game, she's always every time you see her for a while, she does nothing but yell. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't even give her the Metal Gear Solid 5 treatment. And leave behind voice like uh, audio like logs voice, or something yeah. like that for for you, for you to hear from her or get to know her through that way. Like every time you see her, she is like angry, she's fighting, she's yelling. So toward the end of the game, I did like when she when you when she talks in a normal voice. At some point, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, that's Angela Bassett. <laughs> yeah, I I realized the other thing that I thought of as soon as I saw her and they said her name, I was like. Oh, that's what the collector's edition is named after. (laughs) I had no idea. All I knew is that it had the Tremor Tusk. Actually, it wasn't even the Tremor Tusk that I wanted for the reason I got the Regal edition. I got the Regal edition because I wanted the Focus, Mm -hmm. which it is a a Focus that you can actually put on your ear, and it has a blue light that comes out of it. 
So like, that's what I wanted. <laughs> and it came in the Regal edition. I had no idea that Regal was even a person. I thought maybe it was a, a building or a city or something. No, but when you said the Regala edition, you didn't even say Horizon. And I was like, why is he talking about Final Fantasy 15? The Regalia edition is like <laughs> old. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. So like, I didn't know. So that, that like when I first heard her name, I was like, oh, that's why it's called that. Because she's not on the, the box Mm-mm. at all. Which is funny because it's named after her, but you know. Right. Maybe they would have had to pay Angela Bassett too much money to put her likeness on a box. Probably. <laughs> yeah, so. But uh, Regala, she is clearly anti-peace with the Karja. She thinks Hikaru pursuing peace with the Karja is actually a betrayal, and the marshals are his accomplices. Uh, so, you know, she has a huge... She, and she says she sentences them to death, so she's clearly not there to talk it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has a huge advantage over the other Tanakh because, as Christina said, she uses machines in combat. So Aloy is able to quickly piece together that the only person that could have taught them how to do that or override machines is Silence. So, you know, we know he has something to do with it. We just don't know what yet. And, um, you know, at this point, the Karja retreat. And they tell Fashav, like, hey, you either come with us now or not at all. And he goes with them. So, I know, this could be seen as like a cowardly move, like him just ditching the Tanakh. But at the same time, he could be hoping that he's like, you know, I'm going to go with them because this is the deal, right? Because mm-hmm. they, the cards did bring the box of stuff. They brought the box of stuff. And then, you know, he was supposed to go with the Karja and they were going to leave. Uh, and, you know, he was probably like, well, I can probably continue to peace talk to other fact. But then again, it probably would have strengthened the relationship more if they would have sat, if they would have fought with them uh, alongside the Tanakh. I think this was a stupid decision because Regala and her crew have the high ground. Right, yeah. So they have the advantage here, and they're just, they're all machines that are very fast. And there's a very large gap to the gate that there's no cover for. Where they were standing had cover. Right, a little bit, but it had it. But it had it, yeah. No, you're you're right. It also split the forces, mm-hmm. right? You know, they also split the forces. So it was pretty much just a a, a bad idea. And the way that Nozar you know. was talking to, he was terrified, uh, rightfully so. But he was talking a bunch of crap before. Right. Yeah. His voice was trembling a bit. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, she, like you said, she starts the attack with her archers, and you know, she had the high ground, and she takes down a bunch of marshals like immediately. Uh, she's able to keep the other Tanakh from joining them, the Tanakh from the Sky Clan, because she, you know, they set the ground on fire. There's a bunch of dry grass there, so. I also don't understand <laughs> why they didn't first go against the cliff and then walk that way, because she wouldn't have been able to see them. That is true. Uh, see, I, you know what, I should be a marshal in this game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she did kill a few of them, too. Uh, then she has some of her forces cut off the Karja from making it back to the gate. They come down on their machines and they encircle the Karja. Studious Vuadis, he dies here because he's trying to get to the gate. He's crying for them to open the gate and he gets shot in the back. Nobody's upset about that. Uh, the other Karja, put up, they put up a slight fight. Like They're able to get some of Regala's men off of, off of the machines. And the Karja archers, they aren't able to help because they can't get a clean shot from the top. 
this is the first time they tried to take a shot. I have in my notes, why were they not prepared? Because listen, from an outsider looking in, I was like, this embassy is going to go bad. From a player perspective, maybe that's like a little different, but something bad could happen. Why were they not prepared before they were too close to shoot? Right, yeah. And I, well, I think the problem with when they were that close was that they were worried about hitting their own people well, at that point. I get that. But as they were running up on the machines, they could have tried to shoot them off the machines. That is very true. But they're not Aloy, so they're not going to hit the shot. So at least try. <laughs> like that, it looks like they're just picking up their bows and putting the arrow, like notching or, the or arrow. You, or use some of the other resources available in this world like uh, like blast slings or something, or something like that like you're it's a it's a major fortified you know division between Karja territory and well no man's land you know you would think that they'd have a little bit more even if they're not in an active state of war they're terrified of the tenath tenax they could there we go yeah you'd think that they'd be more prepared. better prepared Yes, absolutely. So, like, the little uh, fight that the Karja put up doesn't last long. The Tsar, he's shot in the stomach and he dies. The Shav is killed when he's stuck with a spear and then dragged. Uh, he didn't and, like, deserve said, that. <laughs> earlier, it's like, they make, his, they make it kind of seem like you can get his story later. You cannot. You can't get his story later because if you don't get it then, he dies now. Like, he, this is, he dies at this point. I wish that the option would have been, like, if you want to hear my story, you can. It's a long one, but I don't think I could tell it to you later because I'll be in the Sundom. Yes, something like that. Something right? like, like that, you know. right? So that way, if you want to skip that huge dialogue, you can just be like, you know what? I don't need to hear it. Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% like, you know, correct about that. So, but then again, like, for somebody who's going to die in a few minutes, why give me all that backstory for this character? Why? Give me all that backstory for this character that's going to die. A character, it's not like a Rost, this is not a Rost situation. We do not right. care about this person. We do not care. The, I mean, he, you know, he does ahead, have a lot of lore in the world. Like, lore drops, I guess you could say. And he is referred to a lot. So having his backstory, I think, helps. And hearing the backstory gives you more of not just him, but more of a like understanding on what the Tanath is like. But they did not have to drop that all at one time. No. They just they didn't have to drop all that at one time. That's something you could have learned over time. Like I played this game for at, at this point 70 hours. They could yeah. have dropped that along it with there. Every Tanakh city or a, a, a settlement you went to, you could have learned more about them. Easy. Very they could have made it a collectible something right but for me to sit there and listen to him go on and go on and go on you know and then die a couple minutes later or like another <laughs> to uh to not could tell you about him i mean he was a marshal plenty of people knew in, him in pieces please yeah <laughs> you, know? True. you know so it just kind of felt like it just felt strange that he died here when he they just did this whole like dump there and i do understand also that he kind of Sets the stage that, hey, the Tanakh aren't as bad as people make him out to be. But that's something Aloy can discover over time. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been this whole thing where, you know, people think one thing about the Nora, right? 
and she has to kind of prove them wrong that the Nora aren't like that. And now she's on the opposite side of it where she's expecting one thing from a tribe and boom, she has to like unlearn all that. Like, Oh, that wasn't true. This is what this is. You know, this is how they really are. You right. know? Cause that rite of passage that he gives her doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, mean anything. She doesn't even carry it. She doesn't show anyone it. Like, she, she doesn't, she doesn't have to because when this is done, spoiler alert, when this is done, her deeds are noted right. <laughs> that that she fought alongside. So, uh, yeah, like she, yeah, it's 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 kind of useless. Yeah, so that is correct. <laughs> so, uh, after Fashav is dead, Aloy yells down for them to come and fight fair, and Regala seems to kind of uh, respond to that to a degree, and she sends down some fighters. Right, and this is where we take control. So clearly, this is this game's proving. This they wanted to make another proving moment. Mm-hmm. This is what they 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 kind of wanted. Uh, to do, um, even though the proving was st- still had more impact, the proving still had more impact because the proving was a turning point. In my opinion, this is not a turning point. This is just an event. The, the proving, go ahead. What oh, okay, gonna I was gonna say the thing about this is the proving was like Aloy trying to figure out a question that she's had her entire life. This is not her war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not her war, exactly. Uh, not the cards war either. That's why I decided to leave. Yep. But I was going to say the proving was a turning point because now you have one burning question and now you have two. The first burning question was like, why am I an outcast? Who was my mother? Like, what was so bad about it? And now it's like, why was the proving attacked? These people killed a bunch of the Nora. They killed Rost. Who are they? Now you have two. This is a second driving point for the game. But... After this is done, if let's say Aloy finds silence, he tells her everything he knows, they do whatever they need to do to Hades, and they fix Gaia all in one shot. Like, let's say that's how this game plays out. It's not. But let's say, you know, this, this game plays out. Aloy does not have to do anything with Regala at this point. She does not have to care. Uh, you know, so you, you're right. She, like, she, does, she has no investment in this for now except the point that she knows that silence for some reason is involved with them being able to take over machines so it's not the same thing as the proving like this is an event not a turning point right so but uh yeah we're we're ambushed and outnumbered um this time there are more people to help Uh, there are enemies on foot but there's also enemies encircling us on machines there's also archers so if you stand out in the open for too long you can get hit by an arrow uh, and I don't know if it's timed or if you have to kill a certain amount of people, but eventually you do get another cutscene because you fight for a little bit and then another cutscene happens. And uh, the guy that threatens that threatened to kill you earlier when you first came out with Mr. Blue Feathers, um, he uh, and I'm going to refer to him as Mr. Blue Feathers because he's not like he's going to show up again. <laughs> he's going to do something <laughs> else here. Um, but, uh, you know, he gets shot in the tw- chest twice, but he goes down. Uh, the marshal that showed up late, he's able to stop a bristleback from charging with his bare arms and legs. So he's kind of a beast. But then one of his arms gets cut off by the bristlebacks like saw blades in his mouth. Now, I don't like what the, how they handled this, primarily because they don't show anything, right? Yeah. Like, they, so what you, what you see is that you see the blade breaking away his armor. 
And then they do like a spray of blood dust or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But his arm is still attached. They don't even show a cut on his arm. They don't show anything like that. Yeah. And then the very next frame, his arm just isn't there. And not only is his arm not there, it's wrapped up. I was going to say that it's wrapped up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So in the very next frame, his arm is like bandaged up and it's like you just see the residual limb there. And it's like, yeah, because that makes no sense. Because what happened in that scene is like his arm gets stuck. This thing is still going after him. And the guy that got shot was still alive. So he took his lance and stabbed the bristle back, which Mr. made Blue him feathers took Mr. The Blue lance, Feathers. Yeah. yeah, ma- yeah. And <laughs> made the bristle back go down. Mr. Blue Feathers is that's it. Like he's squashed. Yeah, he gets that's, crushed. He yeah, gets the- crushed by the bristle back. So. What I thought happened, the reason I thought this character lost his arm, because you will see him later, the reason I thought he lost his arm is because the bristleback came down on it and crushed it. That's why I thought oh. he lost his arm. So until I went back to watch the video for this show, my the entire time I played this game, I thought he lost his arm to a bristleback that crushed his arm. But no, the bristleback cut his arm off with like the with the saw blades. Gears in its mouth or something. Yeah. With the gear, yeah, the gear in his mouth, yeah. I didn't even realize when it was happening that that was happening. I thought he was going to be like I thought that was like a wood chipper like he was going to be gone completely. Right. So it didn't even click that like his whole arm was gone. <laughs> yeah, like that that's the thing. Like, I I I noticed it. Well, you will notice it a little later when they pick him up, right? When they pick yeah. him up and you clearly see that his arm is gone but it's also bandaged. But the next like frame, how? even if you, even if like, so, right, because even when they pick him up later, his armband bandage is like, no, like, how did you get him up? You can even say, you can say, okay, maybe before they pulled him out, they bandaged his arm. I, I doubt it, but okay. But I'm talking about video frame for frame. The next frame where they cut away from like the, the them sawing off the arm or, you know, the, the, the blood dust spray, the very next frame when he's falling, the the it's just a residual limb wrapped up. <laughs> like that makes no sense because like that yeah that can't happen. But also like he wouldn't be able to wrap it himself because he's still being held down by this bristleback's head. Yes. So what yes. cloth is he going to be able to get? Like they don't. I don't think he's wearing much clothing, and no, he's, he's mostly not. squashed. Yes, exactly. So. Like uh, you said, Mr. Blue Feathers like kills the bristleback and then takes the brunt of the crushing. And yeah. then the other the other character is just like it's just like his legs or something like that are stuck underneath. So but um, you know, after dealing with um you know, after that, it's just Varl and Aloy down on the ground. So knocking the enemies off of the mounts was not too difficult. Uh, because I just used blast ammo to knock them off. Oh, smart. I was not smart. I was trying to blow the the mounts up. I was doing really bad still in this part of the game. So just watching my gameplay was cringy. That's why I was using the blast ammo as opposed <laughs> to using arrows because I still was not aiming that well with my uh, with the control yet. Uh, and I, oh God, I, I was still playing it on a harder difficulty. So this was the last time I had blast paste for 10 hours. Oh, yeah. I remember you complaining about that. Yeah, I'm not even exaggerating. And I knew that resources were low, so I was looting everything. And I am not exaggerating. I did not get more blast pace for 10 hours. So this is the last time I'm using the blast uh, uh, sling for a long time. And you mentioned that you did not get that many shards, so you couldn't even buy blast paste. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but um, yeah, like once I got the 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 enemies on the ground, they were pretty easy to kill. Uh, the bristlebacks, they were acid bristlebacks, so I just used chain reaction and damaged them. And then after dealing with most of the enemies, Regala's champion Greta he appears, and um. This is what actually causes Aloy to get noticed by the Tanakh because what when you finally make it to Tanakh territory, you'll see people saying, like, is that the person who killed Regala's champion? Did he she killed Greta? You know, that's the whispers that you kind of hear. And this is also uh the first time we see the showing because so Greta, he actually asks Regala's uh permission to go fight Aloy and Varl. You know, so the fighting actually stops. For everybody else. They stop the fighting. And this guy goes and challenges both of them. So he jumps off of the cliff. And he uses the shield wing. To kind of float down. It's not a very graceful float down though. But I'll be honest with you. I think it's supposed to look more impressive than it was. And it kind of looked like he was barely holding on. <laughs> to, to a degree. Uh, but. <laughs> it's like. It's not a very fast descent. But Varl just like <laughs> Stands there. He just stands there and gets kicked in the chest. I'm like, come on, man. Sona would be so disappointed right now. She would be so disappointed right now. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Yeah, Varl gets kicked in the chest. He tries to get back up and fight, but he's clearly hurt. So the guy just like kicks him onto the ground again. And now, you know, Aloy has to fight him because, you know, you're the savior, you're the hero. That makes sense. But um, the first thing she says, oh, I've never seen a shield like that. I should scan it. And I don't know, like, what it was on the other day. They didn't even give me a chance to really scan it. They didn't, like, oh. as, like as soon as, like, I saw him, he was, like, on the move, attacking. Yeah, I was you able know. to scan it. Uh, I didn't have an issue with that, so. No, I did not. I did not know you could break those shields until a little later on when I saw one, somebody walking with them when I finally scanned it. But uh. basically, I mean, the fight's not difficult because if you did the melee pit, and chain script, you should already have. Well, actually, you don't even have to do the melee pit. It's they bring it up in the melee pit, but you don't have to do it. But you should already have a guard breaking melee attack. Mm-hmm. And using that guard breaking attack, you can get him to like you know kind of stagger a little bit, and you know you can get you can hit him without the shield. But you know, on top of that, when he does attack, he has a long recovery time. So you could just use a few combos and I had enough to build up a resonator attack on him at that point. And when I did that, I used most of his health. I used my very last blast grenade. Nice. And he died. And I didn't think two things. I didn't think about it. I didn't think this is going to be my <laughs> last blast grenade for 10 hours. I did not think about that at all. So, uh, yeah. At least it was, you know, I had some good use out of it, but. Um, you know, after Aloy kills Greta, she challenges Regala, but Regala actually refuses. Uh, she's like, oh, you know, she's like, why don't you come down here? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, though, because it was like a pause. She was like, no. And then there was no answer after that. <laughs> it would have been hilarious to me if she would have been like, no. And then just turned around and left. <laughs> if only <laughs> that would have been hilarious to me but she's like no it was an honorable challenge it's like you've earned your life today you know okay so 
That does give you a little information on Regala because you know that she believes in honor and, Mm -hmm. you know, combat, like, you know, the honor of combat and stuff like that. Because when Greta could have been like, let me challenge them, she could have been like, no, like, we have like a million people here. There's two of them. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She could have did that. So, but Regala still claims the victory. She, you know, says they decimated the marshals and they slaughtered the Karja, which is what they came to do. And says now their war on Hakaro begins, which... I mean, this is this is probably a major victory for her because, I mean, we haven't gotten too deep into the Tanakh territory or how they operate, but we do know that the Tanakh are the law, arm, sorry, the marshals are the law arm of, you know, Hakaro. So she just basically cut that off. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's not something we have to deal with later. <laughs> but yeah, she cut that off. But yeah, now, like, you know, this is a major... Uh, victory for them, even though Aloy lived. So Aloy, she goes to check on Varl and asks if he's gonna make it, and he's like, he's hurt, and he knows he's hurt, and he's like, you know, you're gonna, I know you're gonna leave without me, right? And he's like, he's like, I guess I'm stuck with Aaron for now. And she takes him back to the fort, and uh, when Aloy comes back out, she goes, like, she one of the first things she does is goes to check on that shield that Greta has, and it can't really act as a shield anymore, but she can still use it as a parachute or glider or whatever we're going to call it. So that's what we have now. We have the shield wing. This is probably the best mechanic they added to the game because then they don't have to put zip lines like everywhere. That is true. That is true. They don't. Have to, I didn't think about that. They they totally don't have to put zip lines everywhere. Like remember in Zero Dawn, the zip line that I totally didn't take out of Grave Horde. Like why was yeah. it there? Like that makes no sense. I guess maybe to get from the cut down to, I don't know. There's just so many zip lines that made no sense. I mean, the only reason it was there is so I could have some fun. That's why that True. zip line was there. And it was the you very know, top of Great Horde. So you couldn't just hover. You can't float. What am I thinking? I'm already forgetting how the mechanics of the first game work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So get that. And then Aloy sees Lawan coming to check out the carnage and she goes and talks to him. But we're not going to cover that in this episode now uh, because, I mean,. I, what we're gonna do is we're going to first of all he repeats a lot of stuff right mm-hmm. he did he repeats a lot of things uh but what i think what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna go back and talk about all of the side quests in the cut including the ones that you couldn't finish in the cut because you needed to do this first so we're gonna go back we're gonna cover all of the cuts uh side quests and errands and the oh i said the cut sorry you said the cut See? yeah that was my bad yeah. i said the cut I just kept following what you're going to say. That's okay. I'm, I'm going to leave that in because you know, I want people to know that I'm human too. So, <laughs> Yeah, you can't be yeah. right all of the time. I can't be right all I, the time. I get the occasional, the occasional <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're going to do all of the side quests for the daunts. And then when we're ready to move on forward into No Man's Land, then we'll talk to Lawan. We'll do a quick recap of where we are because that's essentially <laughs> what he does here. Like, he recaps. A bunch of information in case you did not remember, like, oh, why am I here? Right. <laughs> you know, oh, here's this information that this person told you five minutes ago. Here I was going to say, which is odd because it's not like it cuts to do two different cutscenes, right? I think it's like all right. one cutscene. It is all one cutscene, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, maybe the developers took a vacation. They're like, well, if we can't remember what's going on, how are they supposed to remember what's going on? 
Right. Like it would make sense if it was like two individual cutscenes because then it would be like, oh, well, the player might want to go back into the daunt and, you know, do a sweep there real quick before right, they right. explore. But no, it's, it was one one cutscene. Yeah. So, yeah, like after we're ready to move forward into No Man's Land, we will, uh, you know, come back and talk to Lawan. But for the next episode, we are definitely going to be, uh, you know, going back into the Daunt and talking side quests and side missions and, you know, all that good stuff. You know, we get to see Petra again before we go. So, Love all her. right. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Christina, how are you feeling about the game right now? What are you, what, what are your thoughts? There's a lot of dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. And I don't think it really gets too much better. They just like, they did a really good job world building and they know that. And they're like, oh, we got to keep world building. So there's just a lot of dialogue in this game. There there is, yeah. To be fair, I zoned out a lot. (laughs) There's a lot that just did not go through to my brain. But I, I thought this part was, fine i knew the embassy um, that the embassy was gonna go bad like we all knew it it was right, not a secret obviously. i think the characters are really dumb <laughs> they, they make so <laughs> many stupid choices but uh, it was satisfying this is gonna sound so bad it was satisfying to see Wadis die the way that he did <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was that, that was good that was that, that was very like oh i'm not mad at that yeah exactly <laughs> you know? uh and i'm i'm pretty upset with fashav's death because it was meaningless in my opinion and maybe maybe something will happen in the future to make it meaningful but it it was completely meaningless it was it it it, it feels like uh his character did not need to exist. <laughs> like that's, it, right. it feels like his character did not need to exist. So yeah, that's definitely, um, yeah, that's definitely a bit frustrating. So understandable. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with you. Like I, at this point, I'm just happy that to be out of the daunt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, you know, we, we I'm not going to go back into it cause we talked about it last week, but you know, the dawn is essentially just, the 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 new embrace and now we're finally out into the 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 open world so right once you get past this and in a few episodes you get some new activities and you know things like that and we do end up catching up with silence pretty quickly i i will say they they do wrap up a plot line pretty fast they do wrap up a plot line pretty fast in this game so i will i will at least say that because I did complain about pacing last time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they, they addressed it to a degree. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and get back into it. But, yeah, now I'm just happy to be out into the, the full world. Because, you know, if you're just looking at the map, you can just see how much of the map is left available to you. Yeah. And so, you know, you have, you have a long way to go at this oh, point. Yeah. So. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to go ahead and close this episode up. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, you know, if you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and the Mattress Buttons Network, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also a host of a Final Fantasy XIV podcast called Wondrous Tales, where we talk about Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Tradamus. And sometimes I also stream on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. And we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show, about the game. You know, we want to hear your comments and questions. So please reach out to us on Discord or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Or you can just re- email to us at contact at mash.gg. Uh, if you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to re, re- oh, sorry, to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take a support a bit further, you can do that by going to mtb.gg slash support. You can see all the different ways to support Mash Those Buttons. Uh, we do have a Patreon, and uh, you know you can start with general support at $2 a month or more if you wanted to help that way. Uh, we have a Teespring store at merch.mash.gg, which we are currently in the process of like refreshing and updating. Uh, you can use uh, Twitch subscriptions on our channel at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. We also have a Humble Bundle affiliate links. So if you you know you buy a game on, on the Humble Bundle store, which will just give you a key for your you know your favorite you know platform like Steam or Epic Games you play or something, or even like the EA Store or Origin. I think they're still calling it Origin. Calling it Origin these days. Um, but um, yeah, it'll just give you a key for that. And uh, we also do also have a one-time PayPal donation link. So if you want to support in any of those ways, that is extremely helpful. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. And with that, we are done for this episode. We will catch you on the next one. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.